Welcome to Stuff We Love Podcast. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to this special episode of the Stuff We Love Podcast. Tonight, we're having an episode in which we're going to be talking about Disney's announcement about the Walt Disney World reopening plans. This is Scott, your host for the evening, and I'm proud to be joined again by two of my great friends, wonderful people from the Butter and Bacon Podcast. Let's welcome back Paul and Dean. Gentlemen, how are you this evening? Doing well. How are you, Scott? I'm doing well. Doing well. Dean, how are you? I feel like I should get formally and futurely of the Butter and Bacon podcast because uh, <laughs> much like Walt Disney World, we're on a bit of a hiatus. Yeah. Well, we're, we're, we're social distancing online. <laughs> well, listen, I love this, your podcast. I've often talked about it on, the, on this podcast, and we're waiting for you to return whenever that is. We will be back, though. This I am sure. Yes, yeah, sooner than later. Possibly a special episode coming soon. That's exciting. Well, uh, thank you, gentlemen, for joining me tonight. Uh, this was a very, very big Disney News Days. This is one of those days in which the whole world of Diz Twitter just kind of stops, absorbs information. Then three quarters of the people complain and 25% just discuss. <laughs> That's about right. <laughs> so uh, I actually, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I was tied up with a lot of work stuff today. And I didn't see the plans until later on in the day. And when I logged on Twitter... Before I even saw anything about the reopening plans, I saw video footage of people waiting six hours in line to go to World of Disney. <laughs> Disney yeah, I saw that. Yeah, that, and even that, there were there were people there that reported that that was a little bit of a misnomer because mm-hmm. um, parking did close and the line was ridiculously long. However, everybody was six feet apart. Mm-hmm. So yes, the line for World of Disney stretched all the way to um, I think it was Rainforest Cafe, yeah, which is which is a distance. Um, and if you can't get out of line and go to Earl of Sandwich, really, what's the point? But um, but I guess it was all of the eBay people that had been not been able to buy, you know, limit 10 of everything. Right. So now, that's I didn't see who this. mostly was there, was there. Was there special merchandise that they were selling for today? I don't think so. I think it was just the stuff that's difficult. I, I think what it is, is when you order on the app, the Shop Disney app, you have a limit of one. Mm-hmm. So it's not worth the eBay's time. It is when you can get ten. That store is a very intense store. I, I yeah. really I, I I like being there because it's fun, but I get overwhelmed there very quickly. Yeah, if you're gonna try to take that whole store in at once, that's a commitment. That that is a store I take in, in small chunks as we pass through up and down going through Disney Springs on multiple yeah. days of the same trip. It's, yeah. it's a lot. For the most part, that's a store I take in when it's raining. It's a good place to go when it's raining because it's plenty, plenty of space inside. So, uh, And I do like the new design. It uh, kind of spreads everything out a little bit more. It opens it up a bit, which is nice. So I, yeah. I do like shopping around in there. But anyhow, let's get to the news for today. And I guess we'll just take the news step by step and I'll bring up a certain point and then we'll have a discussion about it. Uh, so I'm sure if you're listening to this podcast, you know what's going on with Walt Disney World. It's been closed now for how long has it been, gentlemen? It's been quite a while it's, it's two shut down. and a half months yeah two and push, a half months pushing to three months soon yeah pushed to three months due to the coronavirus pandemic uh, all of the theme parks have been closed universal studios disneyland overseas shanghai disney has opened up and i've read today that they're increasing their capacity to, they're, or they're drawing about twenty thousand people a day which is obviously more than they were drawing from when they opened up but here's what's going to be happening with walt disney world 
on July 11th, two of the theme parks will be opening, the Magic Kingdom and Disney's Animal Kingdom. On that day, the Magic Kingdom will be open from 9 a.m. to 7 p.m., and Animal Kingdom will be open from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. And then on July 15th, we got Hollywood Studios opening up from 10 a.m. to 8 p.m., and Epcot from 11 a.m. until 9 p.m., and then on August 1st, Epcot's hours are going to be 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. And from what I understand, there's going to be no parades, no fireworks, no meet and greets. And are there going to be sit-down restaurants? I don't know if I saw that. It's, uh, I'm not sure about that point. That's a good question. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't see anything one way or the other on that, too. I would imagine that you'd be able to do anything that's mobile ordering currently. Right. But that's, but that's all quick service. That's all quick service, and I did say they're going to be having mobile ordering. Uh, well, let me begin our discussion tonight by asking you guys this question. Were you surprised that we're going to see two parks opening one day and then two parks another day? I'm thinking about that. I don't know if surprised is the word. I mm-hmm. guess I'm trying to understand why. I, I'm not sure. If the goal is to separate the crowds, it feels like if you can manage all four parks opening at the same time, you'd have a better chance at separating. But I don't know if that's tied somehow to a resort rollouts opening, and maybe we'll touch on that later. But yes, um, yeah, I guess, I guess uh, I hadn't really thought about it until you asked the question, and now that I'm thinking about it, I do find it kind of odd. Paul? Yeah, and uh, I, I, I thought all four would open at the same time, but I'm also in the camp of there will not be a lot of people there, regardless. I mean, there's going to be locals that want to go you know, annual pass holders that want to go. Of course, the people that would like to document the first day back um, on various blogs, podcasts, what have you. Um, but now that now that I think about it a little bit more, if they're anticipating, well, let's just pretend that all four parks have a capacity of 300,000 people mm-hmm. and they're only allowed 50% capacity or 35% capacity or whatever. I don't think they're going to approach anywhere close to that. So if they're only going to get 50,000 across all four parks, it, I don't even think they'd be able to make even break even for that first week. Right. So going, going with to two be- parks, I think they have a, more, a better shot of breaking even. And I guess what they're trying to do is get used to taking in guests at their theme parks. I mean, I'm yep. sure they're going to have it open for certain media personalities to check out in advance of the opening. Sure. But if you if you want to go to the theme parks that day, you have to be an annual pass holder or a guest with an existing ticket, and you still be have to make a reservation request in advance of being able to attend. So it's not like they're going to just open up the gates and then anybody can come in. It's it, This all goes to being capped at a certain attendance. Yeah. Uh, I, a, a lot of the commentary about the opening schedule made it clear that people think they wanted to avoid July 4th because July 4th is traditionally a very busy time at the parks. Although I agree with you, Paul, I don't think it would have been mob this year. Uh, but I guess they wanted if, to avoid that holiday. Maybe see how they were July do. 4th with the fireworks. It would have been mobbed. It would have been mobbed. And that, if they that, were going to do July draws. 4th without the fireworks, there would have been guest dissatisfaction. Yeah, right. no, they're definitely smart. Just looking at the normal Disney calendar, it does start to drop off throughout the summer, the mm-hmm. week after July 4th. Mm-hmm. So they're definitely avoiding that typical peak season. Now, who knows what that looks like this year, but just on a general basis, the, the week after July 4th is when the 
sort of settling in of the summer crowd and not that initial out of school rush slash July 4th crowd. So it does back off. If, if you remember the old seasons back in the 2000s or so, it was around mid-July that the season actually changed. Yeah. Yep. Right. That's right. And and that is one of the things, too, that, you know, was also brought up um, online. I cannot take credit for this idea, but, it, but it, I think it's accurate. It's going to take time to get the cast members back from furlough or if they were laid off, rehired, go through training with the new procedures. Some cast members might be doing more cleaning duty than they you know, currently were done. And they're going to have to get people trained in, you know, guest control. Mm hmm. And that takes time, you know, alongside getting the rides back up and running. Yes, they've been doing their maintenance stuff. Animal Kingdom, I think, is a good option because that staff basically has been there the whole time caring for the animals. Right. At least the animal staff has. So, you know, getting ride ops back up, um, putting down the markers and the cues for the social distancing and the spacing and the pulsing, if it's like what they're going to what they're doing at Universal. Um you know, it, that takes time. I can't even imagine what it'd be like starting, you know, in their HR department. Okay, go. <laughs> right. Bring, bring back um, 65,000 employees. Uh, okay. It's going to be very interesting to see it play out. Now, another component of the reopening is that all guests attending the theme parks are going to need to have their temperature taken. Presumably, they won't be allowed in if their temperature is over 100.4, because that seems to be the standard at Disney Springs and at Universal City Walk. Uh, and even if, you're part, if, if you have a temperature and other members of your group don't have a temperature, nobody in your group can come in. That's, I believe, the I mean, that's the Dean in a normal July. So I, well, let, let, let me ask you this question, guys. <laughs> I've thought about this, and I, I don't, I'm not a doctor. I don't know the answer to this, but... I've been to Disney World many times in August and July and in September, and it's a hot time. What happens if you're sweating profusely and you're just hot because it's the summer and they check your temperature? I would imagine tons of people have a temperature over 100.4 just because of the heat. Am I wrong about that? No, I think 100.4 as a core temperature is a pretty material number. Yeah. Uh, I'm not a doctor, nor do I play one on a podcast, but I think – even when your outer temperature rises, it's not that your inner temperature is rising. It's that you, you need to regulate it more. So that's why the sweat, that's why you feel warmer. It's the blood is, you know, trying to rid that excess heat that you normally are able to hold in because the ambient air is 72, you know, or whatever it is. So for a, a non-doctor like myself, are you saying <laughs> that you could feel hot, but you're still not hot? Yeah, I, I you think can you know, feel hot, because, but you're still not feverish. Because think of it this way: right. if your outside is 98.6, right, that's 99 degrees. That's what you are all the time on the inside. I only feel hot when I read this Twitter. <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> and and mostly that's, that's that from the, the neck. It's from the neck up. <laughs> Who's this barstool guy? What's he tweeting about? Oh, don't oh, don't God. even talk about the stool samples. Oh, but that's going to be interesting. Temperature checks. And then you have to wear the face masks, which is not a surprise. But and, I, I also heard that there's a cooling tent. You can go and yes. cool off and then take your temperature again. Now, that is an interesting point, because that would be a true characterization of your true core temperature. So, Paul, just to make sure I understand what you're talking about, you're saying that if you if you test 
if they take your temperature, you have more than 100.4, you could go to another area and they're going to take it again. Yeah, from what I saw, they have like these tents that are basically the cabanas that were set up in Tomorrowland a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Those like luxury cabanas that you could get um, where you could just sit, cool off, they're air conditioned. You might be able to have like, you know, some water or something like that and then have another go at having your temperature taken because right. there will be people that, you know, correctly will just say, I'm just hot. You know, it's August. Right. It's 99% humidity. My sweat is not evaporating. It could but, be a scary experience if you test, you know, if, you're, if your temperature comes yeah. back more than 100.4 twice. That, that could be very unnerving. Well, and especially if, you know, you are a member of the group and your group's not allowed in. And now, you know, not that everybody's going to blame, you know, um, Paul for testing hot. But damn it, Paul, we can't go into the theme park now. I think Paul, wife, and child need to go in three separate lines and not, not appear to be a group. <laughs> That's right. I don't know you. <laughs> so then you got to wear the face mask. And a lot of yes. people have said, well, Disney, can they enforce that? And yes, they can. It's private property. So they can yes. make their own rules. Um, we'll talk I want to know face if they're going to throw me out for wearing a Bane face mask. <laughs> <laughs> you, you'd, you'd have to switch it to a uh, Thanos. Oh, I, I, yeah, I could be Thanos or I could be Spider-Man. Mm. Spider-Man's a good one. Yeah. Um, and then they're going to have social distancing being enforced in the parks. It's To me, it was kind of vague in the announcement on that. They said it's going to be enforced. I, I read that they may have a team of people designated to deal with social distancing, but I'm not sure how that would play out. I read – yeah, that, that actually was released um, a few days ago. I want to say mm-hmm. maybe Friday before you know today's announcement. And I think the team that they chose to do this is perfect. It's the children's activities team. That is going to be the social distance giggle squad because who better to deal with spoiled people and people that don't want to follow the rules than the children's activity group. Are you being serious? I am being serious. <laughs> they are actually being his serious voice and his sarcasm voice are really hard to tell apart. They're very <laughs> hard to tell apart, but I am not being sarcastic right now. It is actually those people because they're not going to have daycare facilities open when they reopen. So those cast members, those cast members are going to be going around and they'll be doing the you have to have your mask on because think about it. You know, it's not just adults that are going to be doing it. Kids are going to be doing it. I mean, I don't want to wear it. You know, it's so you need somebody with that kind of level of compassionate yet firm um, instruction. In my mind, I imagine that Disney would have hired a team of like nightclub bouncers, people that are. (laughs) jacked and threatening looking and that's what i would do i would have them walk around the park <laughs> and if they're, anybody broke the rules i would they're uh, the gorillas from the ink and paint club <laughs> walt sent me <laughs> but I, I don't I, know if this was sarcasm I, I heard that because they will have less live performers and some of the stage shows and other stuff those may be the folks that get asked to do some of the extra cleaning and apparently, yeah. in some of the the way the job descriptions are written, it's pretty much an all hands on deck catch all at the end of a job description. So yeah. It's like you're, you're going to be hired to do this, 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 or whatever else we need you to do. Yeah, and the yeah. cleaning will I, fall into the whatever else you need to do. I read that too. I'm not sure that'll work for certain performers, like the ones at Hoopty Doo Review, <laughs> as an example, because those are actual stage equity performers. Right. So that contract is different, but that does not mean that parade crowd 
control people or parade performers or, you know, people like that wouldn't be. So, yeah, I could totally see that. So, Dean, let me ask you this question. When you've watched footage from Disney Springs over the past couple of days and you've seen you've seen the crowds there, are, are do you think the opening has gone as you would have expected, gone better, gone worse? What's your take on that? Uh, I didn't have great hopes for the way it would go because I thought there would be folks who would show up and not follow the rules just for the purpose of not following the rules. And I haven't seen much of that. So I guess given my low bar, it's probably gone a little better than I expected. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the crowd turnout, I mean, if I saw correctly this morning, stores were opening at 10 and people were queued up in a pretty lengthy line before 8. Right. Just for the opening of Disney Springs, like regular stores that are there. And I know you guys mentioned maybe there was some eBay quality items going for sale, but that seems a little crazy to me. But I guess if you're down there or people did stick with their vacation plans and, and you know theme parks aren't open, at least it's something to do. Mm-hmm. And that's part of why, you know, in the beginning of the conversation, when you asked where they would, I was surprised they wouldn't roll out more parks. What you guys, you know, gave as a reason makes sense. Let's test it out here before we go full all four, and maybe we won't even have the crowds to do all four. But that, it's another reason why this rollout is a little bit weird with Disney Springs. It's just the fact that people are mobbing to it because it's the only game in town. And so, yeah, given given what I thought could have gone wrong, I actually think things, have, from what I've read and seen, things have gone okay. Yeah, it, it it seems that way. I, I've re- listened to some commentary how City Walk going versus Disney Springs, and yeah, I hear different people have th- different takes. I've I've heard commentary from people that have been in attendance at both, um, and it doesn't seem like there's been major problems. You do see some people posting things like, "Oh, Disney wasn't enforcing mask wearing at Disney Springs," and they'll post a picture of people not wearing a mask. Uh, but then you hear other people say everybody was wearing a mask. So it's yeah. not clear to me how that shapes up uh, overall. Uh, I think the restaurants, from what I understand, I heard someone say that the boathouse the other night was something like a 30-minute wait. Now, of course, they're not serving at full capacity, but that's a pretty decent wait uh, given that they opened not too long ago. Uh, and I think this kind of gives us an idea about what we can expect in the parks just on a larger scale, obviously in the parks um although compare that to what you would wait in memorial day weekend for a boathouse reservation if you don't have a reservation could be you're gonna wait yeah you're gonna wait a lot longer than half an hour right um and i think that you know you guys are right pretty much city walk and disney springs are the only um games in town quote unquote for that kind of destination other than like I drive, which I don't even know if those places are open. I just don't know. But when the Disney parks reopen, SeaWorld will have been open for two months. Universal Studios and Islands of Adventure will have been open for a month and a half. Um, you know, it, it's not going to be the only game in town when the Disney parks reopen. Right. I guess Disney also is opening in July because they want to learn from those theme parks experiences. Sure. What, what I hope what I hope they learn is what Six Flags is doing with their heat sensing um, booths for temperature checks. Did you guys see that? Yeah, that I heard that. Pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, it, it basically is like total recall. <laughs> People <laughs> have been very. Go ahead, Paul. Sorry. Go ahead. I, I mean, just it. You know what? It it seems a lot less invasive, and and they have the scanners for security too, so you don't have you know man with stick poking through your bag. 
you just walk through and there's there's just threat detection i mean it it finds things so i mean if you want to go on once again private property you want to go on private property this is what you got to do i'm all for that i'd much rather have that than wait in the bag check line makes sense and obviously it's non you're not touching anything for that right so that no seems, you just w- it seems quicker which means lines shouldn't congregate as much yeah, right. Which means I mean, less standing around and less social distancing concerns about just trying to get in the park. Yeah, I mean, um, Six Flags is doing the reservation system as well. I definitely will be checking that out. I probably won't take my daughter, um, even if just to see what their procedures are like. Sure. Because I got to tell you, and the reason that I wouldn't take my daughter is not that I don't want her to go. It's that if it looks too busy, I'll just turn around and go home. Right. <laughs> That's what I do at the grocery store right now. Yeah, yeah. I just, I'll just come back later. Thanks. (laughs) So here's another point from the opening. Uh, It's confusing, but I'll just go through what it says here. DVC Resorts and Fort Wilderness Resort and Campground are going to start reopening on June 22nd. Yep. Disney's Vero Beach and Disney's Hilton Head will also open to guests on June 15th. And the remaining resorts will open on July 11th. So the DVC resorts, we so I guess Bay Lake Towers would count, but not the Contemporary. Is that right? Yeah, that that that's, that's how, how I, I would take that. Yeah. Right. Yep. Um, that's going to be interesting. So the the DVC resorts are going to be open a couple of weeks before the first Disney parks reopen. So it's going to be in, it, that to me is allowing Disney plenty of time to comfortably adjust to who's coming in give their staff time to get used to this new normal and uh, they're not going to over be overwhelmed when they open the doors um thoughts on the hotel reopening plans um i think this makes sense from a couple perspectives for one it relieves a lot of pressure on the dvc points um because i mean as as i don't know how familiar you are or everybody else is with dvc and how it works you use points and you have a year to use them you can bank them and use them the next year, or you can borrow from the following year. Well, with the resorts closed for what is going to be four months, people that have those months can't use those points. The points are finite, and everybody has to use them within a certain time period. So Disney's kind of getting this crunch of, you're going to have people that aren't going to be able to use their points. They can clearly you know, make any rule they want. They'd have to sign it because it's a... It's a real estate transaction. So anything that they do will be like, okay, let's say you have 100 points. You wanted to spend them. You couldn't spend them. We're going to tack on time at the end of your contract so that you don't end up losing the points that you have. Mm -hmm. But if you borrowed them from the previous year in 2019, thinking you're going to spend them in 2020, and now you can't. Well, now what happens to those points? So I think getting the DVC resorts online as fast as possible is trying to limit their exposure in that case. Because people, I mean, honestly, you go to a DVC resort, you don't need to leave the hotel. They all have great, they all have great restaurants. They all have great pools. They all, you know, large portion of the rooms have dining facilities within the room itself, full kitchens. So, you know, it's, it's, a, it's less of a park-dependent uh, stay other than, you know, like staying at All-Star Movies, as an right. example. You stay at All-Star Movies for a week, I might go crazy. 
but you could easily stay at Bay Lake Tower and have a wonderful time. Are are you guys seeing? Because you're both eight travel agents. Are you seeing any bookings for July pre-opening? What do you? What's your expectations for what types of crowds will be there overall at the resorts when it's just in that resort opening period? If you had to guess percentage occupancy, what would you say? If I had to go based on my clients, uh, I had many bookings set for July. <laughs> They're mm-hmm. all gone. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I, phone's not ringing to say, hey, I see the reopening. I want to get in. Um, it's a personal decision, I think. So I don't, I don't want to you know, put anyone else's feelings as being the right or the wrong answer. Right. Um, I think a lot of folks uh, fall into one of two camps. It's either, hey, it's going to be there. I'll wait. Because I can just go in 2021 and, hey, by the way, it's the 50th, so that's a good reason to wait. Or it's, I can't wait to get back and they're going to go. I don't think you're going to see major crowds for hotel bookings, people from out of state, things like that. Right. I I think you will see people. You will see crowds. What is going to be very interesting to me is going to be the summer, not, I'm sorry, not the summer, the fall and the winter um, discount packages. Right, because we we you know, we always see free dining. That seems to be almost a staple at this point. There's been all long-standing rumors of Disney trying to get out of free dining and running it out, and, and it, the window for free dining has gotten smaller and smaller every year for the last well, six and, or seven. And they've made the not only the window, but you know the offerings. I mean, it used to be free dining, free dining, but now with if you book at this level resort, you get free quick service dining. <laughs> Yeah, with, right, with like, X number of days stay required, right? Pushed exactly. Out a lot of push out a lot of AP people from getting free dining. Yeah, What's exactly. that going to look like this year? As they're desperate to make any money they can before their fiscal year ends, September 30th, yeah. and they're desperate to start recovery for next year fiscal yeah. year starting on October 1. That's that will give you the, all the answers you need to be as far as how well uh, are they filling up capacity over the next three months. And right. the other question that we don't know yet is what capacity of rooms are they going to even make available? Right. Um, just from a cleanliness standpoint, I'm making this up, so don't say that this is gospel. They may say we're only going to fill even-numbered rooms because that way the housekeeping staff has the time needed to do the enhanced cleaning that they have to do. Right. In order to satisfy some kind of requirement, whether it be from the state or, you know, just in their own guidelines. Scott, put well, that, that on Twitter. Paul said half. Nope. Yes. Nope. Fifty percent capacity. Put it out there. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, and, but then they might alternate that, you know, so that it gives rooms time in between to rest. Not that the rooms need the rest, but, you know, just let let things be clean and then settle down so that, you know, you're not walking into the next room and the counters are still wet and it smells like Clorox. Um, you know, it, 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 it could be one of those things where you just don't know, um, what, what inventory will be available, even with DVC, right. mean, you, don't, you just don't know. I received a survey earlier tonight from the Lowe's Portofino hotel where I've stayed at before. And I was due to go there towards the end of the year for a work trip and I canceled it. Uh, and I guess that's one of the reasons they reached out to me and they asked me a bunch of questions about when I'm planning to travel again, and when I do travel, what I would like. And one of the questions was, do you want regular maid service like you always have had, or would you prefer for there to be less people coming into your room to clean? Mm -hmm. Um, Now, for me, I prefer more cleaning. I just like the idea of 
cleaning, cleaning, cleaning at this time. Like it anyway. I mean, it'd be great even when there's no pandemic to have a housekeeping coming in regularly to clean your room. But um, it's going to be very interesting to see people's different perspectives. And I also read at the hotels, you have to wear a face mask when you're in a common area. You obviously don't yeah. have to wear it when you're in your room. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, I prom- what I'm saying now is not a political statement. We don't talk politics on here. I'm just making an observation. To me, over um, overhanging all of this stuff, Disney's opening, Universal's opening, and so forth, is the fact that there's such uncertainty about where we're going to be in the fall, in the winter, even in the summer. You know, I see people online talking about their fall Halloween trips to Disney World. Now, I canceled mine. That's a personal call. But as we're recording this, I believe the data shows that Florida cases are going up. They're going up in many other states. Overall, it's a national decline, which is great. And let's hope that keeps up. Well, and that's thrown by New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut's cases going down. That's true. Because those three states, our, (laughs) our location was the initial spike in cases. Now that those cases are leveling off and declining and hopefully continuing to decline, you're going to start to see it in other areas of the country. While the overall number will will drop, just because mm-hmm. of the population density here. Yes. So then the question is, if the numbers increase, what are they going to do? I mean, uh, I, I hope yeah. it all goes. I would I would love to go to sleep and wake up in the morning and there's zero cases anywhere in the world. Realistically, that's not going to oh, happen. That'd be fantastic. Yeah. What happens if the numbers keep going up? What's going to be in the future? Um, some experts would say we'd have to go into another period of lockdown. States that didn't necessarily lock down, like we did up here may be forced to. So there's just such uncertainty, which is why it's weird for me to see people on YouTube saying we're back, we're open everywhere because it's, it's not, there's a weirdness to the whole thing. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like going out in the high eye, the hurricane saying the hurricane's over. Right. Not, I mean, it's calm, but uh, nope. Just cause you, just cause you're done being, being stuck at home longer than you want to and not going and get your hair cut and not being able to sit down at, you know, your local Benihana. Um, yeah, that doesn't mean that it's over. What is interesting, and I don't think Disney would do this, but if they would adopt something like what the state of Hawaii is doing, where if you come in from the mainland, you have a guaranteed minimum seven day stay at the airport where they monitor you right, and they test you every day. And that's what they're doing in Asian company, uh, countries too, to just track and monitor. And if you come up positive, you do not leave. You do not get to go on your vacation. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't think Disney can do that. But, you know, imagine a situation where you fly into Orlando. If you come from a area you know, and it's it's going to be on your driver's license, it's going to be on your passport, whatever you're using for identification. You come in from an area that is still seen as a hotspot. Right. You know, if you're coming from the New York area now, Florida says you got a seven-day quarantine. Fourteen. Fourteen day. Thank you. You're welcome. So it's even more than what what Hawaii is doing. But would they do that from Tulsa, Oklahoma? Mm-hmm. Or you know, I'm just naming you know cities at random that right now don't have it, but they might. So here's a question for you. Let's say it's October of this year, and 
testing is way more widespread. It, it's available in many other, you know, w- way more than it is now. And testing capacity has gone up. Can the theme parks require someone to take a coronavirus test before entering? Is that are they legally allowed to do that? Uh, I don't think that we I have a lawyer among us. Yeah, right. <laughs> I may be a lawyer, but I'm not saying I'm a good lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't think that you could that they could do that any more than they could prove that people had measles vaccinations before going into Disneyland. Right. I. I, I just don't think they can. Mm-hmm. Well, look, it would be great if by the fall, sooner than that, even if we could have that better testing and tracing capacity, so that these outbreaks wouldn't happen, and then yeah. it would be a lot easier to get to a more normal place in society. Um, but this overall, uh, I guess the theme park reopening plans adhere to what we expected. There wasn't anything that was a big surprise in there. People were anticipating that you need to make reservations, mm-hmm. uh, that it wouldn't be open fully. You need to wear face masks and socially distance and so forth. And I actually have thought, while I personally am not going to go for a period of time, when I've watched the YouTube footage from Disney Springs or City Walk, and what I expect I'm going to be seeing on YouTube from the opening of the theme parks, I think if I was there, I would feel safe. I don't think I would feel uncomfortable just based on what I see. It doesn't mean I'm going to do it, but I don't think I'd feel yeah, really at risk. Yeah, I, I think I agree with that. And, and I think the one thing that I wouldn't even say shock, that's too strong a word. I am surprised and kind of pleased that they decided to make Epcot's opening time just one opening time. Um. Mm-hmm. You know, just make it 11. World Showcase is still going to be World Showcase, but it's going to be interesting without the international CMs there. Um, yes. Because that still hasn't changed. But, you know, having Future World open at nine, where it's basically, you know, Maze Runner, <laughs> um, so that you can go through the construction zone and stare at the giant blue box of the Guardians building. And then you know, wind your way over to Mission Space, where you know now now it's like, well, are you really sick? <laughs> because right. Mission Space. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I I think I'm I'm surprised and pleased by that, and also the earlier closing times mean no one's going to be waiting around for fireworks because it's like two and a half hours before the sun goes down. Right. And I'm assuming the reason they're having the earlier closing times is to give them extra time to clean the parks. Yep, I agree. Yeah, that makes sense. Now, when you watch the footage from City Walk, what I saw, and I think Disney Springs too, there are workers who are constantly cleaning, cleaning, cleaning. Yep. I mean, it's yep. and that's important. Um, How long do you I think mean, that lasts? I think that, I think longer than people are willing to give them credit. Because I mean, I can I, mean, I can is, say is it six months? Is it when we get a vaccine? Is it oh you a that? year? Uh, I, that might last. That might last a fairly long time, because I think you know it's one of those things. Once you get into the habit, yeah. But at some point, someone's looking at their balance sheet and realizing if we redeploy staff or if we have cuts, we can save X money. And I hate to get into the financial side of it because mm-hmm. I really do give a lot of credit to the companies that were willing to close revenue sources and were willing to do the right thing and, and try to help not spread the virus. And I know a lot of people lost jobs and I'm not being insensitive to that. Um, but at some point, all these measures 
you know, we're talking about airlines that took three peanuts out of the peanut bag to try to save a million dollars. So yep. at some point, companies turn back to being companies and they're worried about the bottom line. And this I, is I, true, I think, but I think that the first company that stops doing it is going to face such a PR nightmare. Right. That the cost of that is going to be greater than the $1 million saved in salary in the scheme of things. Oh, yeah. You don't want to be first on that list. No. But no. somebody will be. You might not and even want to be second. And then somebody will be second. Third. And then at some point, you start to realize, hey, uh, they're not cleaning here like they used to. Or they don't clean. Maybe cleaning goes from you know every hour, or every ride to every hour. And then maybe it's mm-hmm. every hour to only overnight. And then all of a sudden, we don't realize what they're doing overnight. And then, you know, I'm not trying to be cynical. I just just thinking out no, loud about what this but, looks but I mean, like. That Long that term. also assumes, I mean, and you know, I've I've been at, and I'll I'll use Six Flags Great Adventure as my example only because that is my local park. I've seen them clean things an awful lot more than Six Flags gets credit for, in the public consciousness. And I'm not talking about after a protein spill. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, like I, I've actually been there where they, they bring a new train online on Nitro and they do wipe down the entire train, which takes forever because they got to wipe down everything. They did a nice job with their opening announcement. Mm-hmm. I really like that. Yeah. The video. It, yeah. Check yeah. it out. It's it's on YouTube. It's on, you know, go on Twitter, Six Flags. Um, they did a really good job. And, and it does, Scott, show those kind of heat sensor um, security camera total recall things right that it's like if i'm that company i am very happy once disney gives me my refund i could get one of those (laughs) (laughs) bring your own (laughs) um another thing i wanted to mention to you is that i one of the things that intrigued me the most going into all of these opening announcements was what people's experiences wearing masks in the florida heat would be like and the general consensus seems to be it's not easy. And if you're traveling with little kids, it would be extremely difficult to get them to keep their masks on. Uh, of course, there's different masks with different materials. The medical masks that a lot of people wear with the blue, I guess they're generally blue. Uh, mm-hmm. Those have the lightest material and may be the easiest. But I couldn't imagine in August wearing a mask for three hours in that Florida humidity. I just couldn't do it. I'll put it to you this way. People go hunting with full face mask and camouflage. (laughs) Right. For nine hours. Wearing deer pee. I think that it's, you know, yes, it's an inconvenience. I mean, I've, I've worn the mask everywhere I go. Yeah. Um, And I have, I have the, it's not the N95. It's the one step down. It's the folded over. Um, you know, like the classic surgical type mask. Right. When I breathe, the whole thing moves with me. Mm-hmm. I don't find it difficult to breathe. Now, it's only been 68, right? <laughs> 72 at the most and right. not humid. And I haven't been trying to like walk 10 miles either. So again, limited sample size. I'm only talking about me. What I can say is you can get something that's like a gator um, which my daughter gets when she goes sailing. I mean, that's meant for heat of summer. It's got an SPF, you know, she wears it, it protects the back of her neck. And it's basically, it's, you look like Cobra commander when, when you've got it on. It's, um, 
it, it's, it's doubled over cloth, so it's not as protective, but it's way easier to wear. There's no straps. It right. just basically is like a big sock that goes over your neck, and it, and it itself is probably two feet long. That's why you fold it in half. That might be the better choice for a kid. Yes, I agree. And of course, kids can maybe be encouraged to wear their masks if they have kid designs on them, which is, yeah. and Disney's selling those on their website, uh, obviously yep. Shop Disney. Oh, of course. Uh, let me ask you guys a question. At this point in time, would you anticipate that the Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween party is actually going to happen in the fall? Hmm. I'd say no. Mm-hmm. I don't think you'll see it run August to November, <laughs> which has been typical lately. That's not right. sarcasm. They actually have no. them starting in August, and yes. they actually have wrapped up November first. Yes, uh, yes, it's, it's crazy. So yeah, I, we, I think we've actually been there and done the last Halloween party and the first Christmas party. So I, I think the question wow. is, would they put in, would they put in the effort to run the party, on a really minimal basis of the, um, you know, of the attendance, and would they run it without the parade or the fireworks? Because at that point. What's right. left is a even a scaled down version of a scaled down attendance, right? With free candy, right? Right. Which do you trust candy? I mean, think about that. Yeah, I mean, is, yeah. what's Halloween gonna look like at our at our normal homes? Well, I mean, that that at least school? you know before any of it gets eaten, you just run it with a Clorox wipe. Um, right. You know, so if, that if at you least still have can, any. Well, that's. <laughs> That's why we stock up. But um, no, it, it, yeah, I don't, I don't know if, I don't know if that particular party is worth it. Um, yeah, for and, what and, it is. I don't think we said this, but my understanding is ticket prices will remain the same, even with yeah. the scaled down hours. Mm-hmm. Resort uh, prices will be the same, unless there's some sort of promotional discount available. And yeah. DVC points, even though parks won't be open for those first few weeks we talked about, remain the same per room night, per room right. per night. So right. there is and no discounting going on at, no. a, at its face value. And I think if they ran the Halloween party, you'd have to assume the same restrictions that we've been talking about would be in play. And now you're asking for a $100 hard ticket event when most people tell you the two best things about the party are the fireworks and the parade. Yeah. Right. Yep. And, it's and a hard the sell. other, yeah, it, it would definitely be a hard sell. And the other good thing about the party is the limited attendance and you get to ride the rides. Well, I don't think there's going to be a lot of attendance anyway. So, you know, kind of like you were talking about the after hours experiences. Eh, I don't know if you need it. Well, not only that, but the parks are closing so early. I don't think you're going to, as of right now, you can't, I can't see a scenario where they stay open until midnight. Yeah, there was, I I agree that I don't see that happening. I thought I did read that at the magic kingdom on July 12th, they may have an early morning event. You know, you could purchase the early ticket to get into Fantasyland. They may be having that. Mm. You guys know what I'm talking about? The, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I, I thought I saw that somewhere. Don't quote me on that. But, uh, but yeah, they're not planning on being open that late at night. And I think for people who are considering whether to go to Disney on vacation, it's such an expensive trip if you if you do it in a – if you choose to do it that way, they may be hesitant to spend that type of money if they can't be at the parks at night. Because being at the parks at night, to me, is part of the wonderful experience of Walt Disney World. I have such Agreed. amazing As, memories. Especially in the summer. Yep. Especially, especially in the summer. Especially critical in the summer with the heat. Yep. Right. Well, I mean, think of Animal Kingdom. 
the newest land is not going to be able to be seen in the dark. Right. Uh, that's what Pandora is built for. It's, it's exactly right. It's, it's literally built to be seen at night. So that already takes away that. Um, Every, and, I'm sorry, Paul, go ahead. No, and, you know, the same, and I haven't seen it, I haven't stayed spoiler-free like a certain other person on this podcast, but, you know, with the um, Galaxy's Edge, seeing that at night, seeing the ships illuminated at night, right. um, seeing, the, seeing the stars above Star Wars is a visceral experience. You're not going to be able to see that either. I agree. I have never been to a Disney park at night where I said I prefer being there during the day. <laughs> Every yeah. time I prefer being there at night and the thought of not being able to do that for me, I'm not, I'm not going. Yeah. Uh, and I would think a lot of people have fallen into that category. Yeah. I mean, it, think of the experience you have on Big Thunder Mountain Railroad at night. Yeah. It's different during and better. The fireworks. Dur- during uh, the fireworks. Never done that. Oh, that's been, great. Been on Splash Mountain during the fireworks. That's great too. My my favorite though was doing the high speed loop during illuminations, on test track. I think I think Paul just put me right back into a full depression about having to cancel <laughs> my Disney trips because I would have seen Star Wars Land. Uh, let me look at the calendar. Twelve days ago. Yeah. And yeah. I would have been on the West Coast seeing it in Disneyland uh, yeah. in about five weeks. Yeah. Hey, so Dave, I do me a favor. Tell, this, tell Disney to hold my refund. <laughs> I'm going to use your refund, Scott. <laughs> let me for for our listeners. Let me explain this here. So, I have I, I had an amazing summer trip booked to Walt Disney World. It was going to be a trip that I was so excited for, and I canceled it. And I canceled it probably it's over a month ago, and I'm still waiting on my refund. <laughs> and we can't try, can't reach Disney to understand what's taking so long. I mean, it's not like they're booking. Like what what like seriously? What have they been doing? They're searching for, for bouncers. What did you say, Scott? They're searching for bouncers to enforce social distancing. <laughs> Walt sent me. Walt sent me. <laughs> Let me ask you this question, guys. This has led me to a, an interesting question for you. While I've been staying home and staying local and all that stuff, I spent a lot of time thinking about the theme parks. And there are moments where I think about it where I think, oh, man, it would be so great to be there right now. So earlier tonight, I had one of those moments. I was talking to my wife about what we did the first night of our trip last year our summer trip this is a family friendly show oh yeah no 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 that uh that doesn't happen anywhere we've been married a long time but um (laughs) the uh the the first night of our trip we went to ravello over at the four seasons for dinner which for those of you that haven't been there is one of the top italian restaurants i've ever been to it's remarkably good and And then he's from new jersey folks and i'm from new jersey so i know my italian food um, and then we went over to Disney Springs where we had Ghirardelli and walked around. Cool. And that to me was a great way to start the trip. It was epic. And I was like, oh man, I would love to have that again. So for you guys, what have been things you've thought about theme park wise that give you that kind of yearning to get back there? Trader Sam's. Trader Sam's. Nice. Blue, Blue Zoo. Mm. Blue Zoo. I could go for Blue Zoo. Yeah. I mean, and, and without the resorts having a reopening date, I mean, people are like, well, when is Trader Sam's? When is uh, the contemporary resort open so that you can go back up to, you know, top of the world and see, see the non-existent fireworks? Um, Speaking you know, of Blue Zoo, when is Swan and Dolphin going to be open? Yeah. That's a uh, question. I, I haven't seen that yet. They typically would follow the Disney pa- pattern. Right. Um, 
I think they, oh, they recognize that they benefit from the Disney parks. So my hunch is they'll open along with not the DVC resorts, but the regular Disney resorts. I'd imagine the same with the Four Seasons. Yeah. Yeah. yeah have my, you guys I'm, been to Ravello, either one of you? No. I have not. Highly recommend. I want to add on to your question. My May trip was scheduled to be at the beach club. <laughs> I, I was ready for that pool. <laughs> Yeah, Such we a great hotel. We talked Which like is why some people, some, some of the commentary was, well, why are the why are the DVC resorts opening, you know, three weeks before or a month before the parks are? And I'm like, well, if you think about where most of the DVC resorts are, I could easily go to any of them and go stay three, four nights, even a week, and not yes. have to care about going to a theme park. And yes. Beach Club Villas would be right at the top of that list. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you're telling me staying at Saratoga Springs wouldn't be just amazing for a week? Just as you know, take theme, forget theme parks don't even exist. Just as a resort with that amount of dining and right. entertainment nearby, you could walk to. I mean, you, you, yes, you could get a rental car, but you might not even need it. Oh, but if I had a rental car, I'd drive over and get Voodoo Donuts. Yeah, Absolutely. Voodoo Donuts. Do I'm so putting much. that on my list too, Scott. Things, things I want to go back and do right now. Toothsome yeah, they, they, they have mobile order. Imp- oh, yes, toothsome. we do. Toothsome. So here's a question for you guys, because we're, yeah, I think, by the way, we covered all the aspects of the reopening. I don't think I'm missing anything in terms of the Disney announcements today. I don't think so. No, I think that that's uh, pretty one, one thing I hadn't heard, and I don't know if you guys have an answer on this yet. Any word on the water parks? Good question. Did not see anything on the water parks. I didn't parks. see anything on that in the announcement. That would, that would be the one thing I think we haven't heard any intel on. Well, let me, uh, while we're talking, I'm doing a search for uh, on Twitter. I just typed yeah. in Blizzard Beach to see what... Uh, so somebody posted, well, they're certainly closed in June. We knew that. That was three hours ago. Um, Always a reliable source for news right there, Scott. Good someone job. asked, maybe I missed this, but was there any info? No, 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 no. Was there any info on Blizzard Beach or Typhoon Lagoon? And somebody said, I literally asked the same question. I can't imagine they're going to be open. There seems to be no information out there yet. And that was the calmest Disney Twitter <laughs> thread I've ever so- seen. What I think may be happening is Volcano Bay is opening at the same time as Islands of Adventure and Universal Studios. Volcano Bay is doing a whole bunch of stuff. They're removing like half the Shays lounges from the, the wave pool. Um, they have for the, um, you know, I liken it to the combs at the barbershop that are sitting in the, in the um, wonderful blue liquid um, the the um, life jackets that you wear for the Fierce River, yes, um, those are going to be in like a hyperchlorinated bucket type situation that you know they just described. It's, they're basically going to be really clean when you put them on. Um, you know, I, I I think Disney's really going to be seeing how Vol- Volcano Bay is impacted, um, and they might make changes based on that because they do have time. I think that's a good point. I, I would expect to see the same thing. Uh, did I ever tell you guys what happened when I went to Volcano Bay last year when I went on the, was it Krakatoa Water Coaster? Yes. You remember that? I became airborne? Yes. That's awesome. <laughs> and then I think I told you about my experience with Krakatoa Water Coaster. Tell me again. I, I... Uh, we, we stayed at Volcano Bay in the Cabana Bay Towers looking at Volcano Bay. We went to yeah. Volcano Bay twice. Krakatoa was closed both times. <laughs> um, it was super stupid busy 
So in two days, we got to ride five slides because of the Tapu Tapu system. I am not a fan. I am not a fan. Well, we basically got to ride the Fearless River and the Wave Pool while waiting for two hours for our Moana ride slide time to come up. And then we ate, and then we rode one other slide, and then we left. It's like, uh, not a fan. Now, would I go there with, like, half the capacity that they had when we were there before? Hell yeah. Because, I mean, you got to keep in mind, too, we went opening year in August. Right. So I think it had just opened maybe two months beforehand, if I remember correctly. I think it opened in June. So, yeah. So here's a question I was going to ask. Uh, I'll start with you, Dean, because you you mentioned Voodoo Donuts. So I think I actually know what you would say to this. You're in City Walk. You have a choice. You could get an insane milkshake or ice cream sundae, a toothsome for dessert, or you go to Voodoo Donuts. Where do you go? Oh, I'd go to toothsome for that. You would? Okay. You would. I'd I'd probably look at both of those and go to Antojitos instead. (laughs) I'd have a liquid dessert. Yeah. That's nice. Where would you go, Paul? Um, given those two, uh, I mean, I haven't been to Voodoo Donuts. I have awesome donuts within walking distance of my house. So I probably would go to Tootsum because there is nothing like Tootsum near me. Right. And I'd probably get a chocolate stout and, um, yeah, that wonderful burger with the bacon. Oh, that's good so stuff. Good. That so is the good let, stuff. Let me tell you, I'll, I'll wrap up with this, guys, and then we'll, I'll mention then we'll wrap up. So last year I had to go to Orlando for work, and I had a, some time to myself, and I was there with my brother and our friend Matt. And we went the first day there. We flew down, and we basically went on an eating tour. And in less than one day, I began by going to Jock Lindsay's over at Disney Springs. I, mm. I had some of the uh, – like some type of buffalo popcorn, I think. And then I mm-hmm. had some of their pizza. And then I went over. Most people go to Jack Lane's for pizza, right, Dean? <laughs> Everybody goes to Florida for the pizza. They know how That's good right. it is. <laughs> I flew Can't from the Northeast to get New the Jersey pizza in Florida. Florida pizza. So, <laughs> well, listen, listen, guys, to where this that is, is going. That is not the so, good stuff, Scott. <laughs> no. So I started off there. I then went to get this unbelievable chocolate chip cookie at the Polite Pig that they get from this bakery called Gideon. So I had some of that. I had some cookie dough at a Disney Springs stand. Holy crow. I, I then went over. I don't think I ate anything else in Disney Springs. I then went How over to, to City Walk. Oh. Same day, I went to dinner at the NBC Sports Grill where I started off with buffalo chicken and had a burger and mashed potatoes and then got two <laughs> voodoo donuts that I ate at midnight sitting at CityWalk. And I'll tell you, it didn't two. go well. Two. It didn't go well. It's the size of your head. Two. Oh, it was Scott. maybe the worst eating day of my life, I would say. Oh, Scott, that that's that's better than when I was at um, Food and Wine and I got the kielbasa at the Poland stand and then wa- sauntered over to Mexico for margaritas. That's quite a combo. <laughs> you know, though, NBC Grill's pretty good. I, it is. I, we went there and I had you know people with bad recommendations, if that's the right phrasing. Yeah. Uh, and definitely, uh, definitely a place I would go back to, although. Now that you're, thinking, you're making me think about restaurants down there, I'd go to the kitchen. You been to the kitchen at the Hard Rock yet? No. That that's a good restaurant. I mean, I have not had a bad experience at any restaurant in uh, City Walk. Yeah. 
I mean, and, and when the worst experience that I had was Fast Food Boulevard, but it's what you expect Fast Food Boulevard to be. So it was it still wasn't bad. It was just what I expected. Gentlemen, I think at this point we've covered everything we need to cover for the reopening. Uh, what will you be doing on the day that Disney reopens besides being on Twitter? <laughs> for being on hours? Twitter. <laughs> Which, which day? Because yeah, it is a little bit phased. You yeah, mean the yeah. the July 11th day or the uh, the day that DVC resorts are opening? I'm just going to begin by monitoring the crowds at World of Disney. <laughs> <laughs> see what happens there over the next week. I'm kind of uh, interested to see what that's like tomorrow versus today. Yes. Because the novelty will have worn off. Yeah. No, I And I, we were talking about this earlier tonight. I think, Dean, you mentioned this, that the crowds at Disney Springs, for the most part, haven't been uh, crazy. Not crazy, not yet. Uh, no. you know, at least, I think the people have been managing well, uh, and the people have been managed well. If I'm allowed mm-hmm. to phrase it that way, right? Um, doesn't mean it won't get nuts, but you know, right now I'm, I'm giving people thumbs up for the way they've been behaving. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. And, and you know, even even some of the pictures with people with their masks off. I mean, honestly, you could pull your mask off for a second, somebody snaps your picture. All yeah, of a sudden, you, you're the guy you with your mask off. Right. I was uh, at a car dealership the other day and speaking to my salesperson and she was wearing a mask and I was wearing a mask and she removed the mask to take a sip of coffee. And I I panicked. I was like, put the mask on. (laughs) I didn't say it, but I was thinking, it. (laughs) please take that sip quickly. Put that mask on. Well, they drive me nuts. People that are holding their mask by the front of the mask, too. At least if she took it off by the elastic around the ear, I feel less contaminated an issue. But uh, when you're holding the mask with your hand, you kind of ruin the whole purpose of it. Right. Well, guys, I, I thank you very much for joining me on this special episode of the Stuff We Love podcast. We'll get back to our normal uh, programming next week. But uh, anything else you guys want to talk about? I, w- I would like to ask you, even though you're on a bit of a hiatus, to tell our listeners about the Butter and Bacon podcast. So, uh, Paul, why don't we start with you? Oh, sure. Uh, you can tune into our back issues of Butter and Bacon, where uh, it is mainly Dean, myself, and Amy. Lately, Nick has joined us as well, Nick Waymania. Yes. And, uh, you know, we, we just discussed the good stuff of Disney. Um, I highly recommend, if you're new to our show, checking out some of our more uh, interesting bracket tournament challenges. Um, but also, I, w- I recommend starting with an episode that's called Children of the Corn, where uh, Dean thought up, where can you get corn in Walt Disney World? Yeah. And uh, our, our show has a lot of outtakes. If I remember correctly, that show is half outtakes <laughs> yes half. That, that was a wacky one and i invented the most incredible disgusting thing that you could do with corn ever and it involves cocktail wieners and i'll leave it at that <laughs> yeah i had corn tonight by the way i grilled corn on the couch <laughs> excellent bacon, right. brother, did you have bacon no did you have butter i did you're halfway there. <laughs> so I was actually, when I put in the order, when my wife and I were planning our dinner, I said, I'll take half the podcast with the corn. <laughs> <laughs> and they looked at you like, what? So I, I actually worked the grill tonight. I grilled salmon. I don't know if you guys have ever tried grilling fish, but it's not easy on the barbecue. I do it on a plank. Mm. That's the way to do it. Yeah. Because, yes, grill, you're right. Grilling fish is a delicate uh, procedure. 
Speaking of grilling fish, earlier in this season, I had somebody come to my house because my grill needed some fixing. The ignition switch wasn't working. And um, the guy fixed the grill, and he teaches a class, the service person, on how to grill different types of food. So I asked him, well, what's the best way to grill salmon? And he told me this elaborate way to grill salmon. So I said, you know what? I'm going to do that as the first thing I'm going to work on the grill with after you service it. So I later on that night... <laughs> I put salmon on this sparkly clean grill, and I totally botched the whole thing. The night ended with me wearing gloves, picking pieces of salmon out of the grill. <laughs> See, and, and that's the point where you turn it on high, you close the lid, you you wait 10 minutes, and then you open the lid, you turn the flame off, and you just scrape what's off. The chard yes. remains. <laughs> yep, burn it out. Scrape yep. it off and start over. Yeah, but no, I, I highly recommend the cedar plank. You soak it for at least an hour in water. Um, I like to soak mine with water and a little bit of cinnamon. And uh, yeah, and then just put the put that bad boy on the grill and then put the f- fish on the plank. No turning. In it goes. There you go. And Paul, tell me where we can find you on social media. I know where to find you. So tell our listeners find you. Uh, I am. Uh, Who are you? What's your name? <laughs> yes, I'm very available at um, Yo Pauly NJ on Twitter. Um, yeah, that's probably the best place to find me. But we're also at Butter and Bacon. Yes, as a podcast, and uh, Dean, I think, also will talk about uh, the the sponsor of Butter and Bacon podcast. Yes, Dean, tell us about where to find you on social media, and tell us about our sponsor. Sure, you're, you're, you're not our sponsor. Your sponsor. Oh, we we could work on to being your sponsor. We'll see about that. <laughs> I don't want to cause a podcast crisis here. <laughs> no, no, no. We, travel- we can have a whole network. Not all the traveling is down. Really not a strong year to be a travel mm-hmm. agent. Uh, I am at CT underscore Mickey underscore man. So Connecticut Mickey man. Lots of underscore. underscore. Uh, you can also find me at AIOT travel. That is for adventure is out there travel. I am a co-owner of the agency and the agency does sponsor the podcast. So yes. Any of those, come find us. Uh, my, my Twitter feed will be mostly uh, sports, Disney. <laughs> right now? And not so much with the sports right now, although I did suffer through the 10-episode Chicago Bulls uh, marathon that really gave me maybe one or two nuggets of new information over 10 hours. I have yet uh, to watch a single minute of that. It, you know, I was an NBA fan in the 90s, so watching the Knicks and the Pacers and the Jazz get their heartbroken's all over again. Yeah. Starks just oh, it's kind of fun. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, sports Disney and remember trying to remind Paulie when he has to wish people happy birthday. <laughs> Pretty much what I do. Yeah, that's happened to me with your Twitter feed a couple of times. I see you wish someone a happy birthday. Like, what well, sticks out? <laughs> yeah, I like, I guess I got to wish a happy birthday too cuz People know I'm, I would follow each other on Twitter, so if I see you wish a happy birthday, I got to wish them a happy birthday. <laughs> Twitter etiquette. Yes, Twitiquette. By the way, for all those listening that I've wished a happy birthday to, I really meant it. <laughs> 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 I wasn't just doing it to, to get out of the way. Uh, right. And, and let, me, let me give a plug, by the way, for the Butter and Bacon podcast, because there's a lot of Disney podcasts out there. And I, I listen to a bunch of them, and I enjoy all of them. But your podcast is is so much fun. I love listening to the outtakes. The team you have on the show is terrific. So I encourage all of our fans who are Disney, all of our podcast listeners who are Disney fans to listen to your show. And I, in terms of adventures out there, travel, I've used you now every year that I've gone to Disney World recently. And um, you're always a 
real pleasure to work with. And uh, even for a Disney veteran like me that knows the parks inside out, I have questions and I want advice on different things. So I appreciate all the guidance you've given me in the trip planning. And whenever I get back there, I'll be using you again. So thank you for all the good work. Powwows. They're always fun, Scott. They're always fun. They're always fun. Uh, now, for our listeners, uh, you can find the Stuff We Love podcast on Twitter at Stuff We Love Pod. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at ScottyBoy4. That's the number four. Come join the fun. We talk Disney, like Dean, a lot of what Dean was saying Disney and sports and uh, The Last Dance was interesting. By the way, speaking of The Last Dance, I have no recollection of BJ Armstrong going to the Hornets. I don't know if you guys remember that. I had no recollection. Mm. I, I do remember that. I didn't know that he was uh, quite the trash talker that he was. And right. For someone of B.J. Armstrong's talent, and, and he is a super, super talented basketball player, for him to be talking trash at Michael Jordan, maybe not his best move. Some of that, <laughs> that, some I don't, of that stuff was great. I don't think that's anybody's best move. No, well, there were Michael Jordan's reaction. By the way, speaking of Jordan, this is this is very funny. Um, there's a great scene in one of the last two episodes where he's on a bus listening to headphones and he says he's listening to Kenny Lattimore um, and he's dancing to the music. There is an awesome Twitter account. Let me see if I could quickly pull it up because I've been watching this and I've been laughing over and over again. Yes, it's at Jordan Jamming has over 51,000 followers. And this whoever's behind this Twitter feed, what they did was they showed footage of Michael mm. Jordan dancing to all these different songs. So here's one dancing to Africa by Toto. Yes. I Want It That Way by the Backstreet Boys. And it's just hilarious <laughs> when you see the speed. So check this out. It's great. That's, that is as good, if not better, than the um, Everything's Better with Titanic music. Yes. For the sports. You know, it, 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 whatever, Aaron Boone hits the home run, and it's the Titanic music just as it crosses the <laughs> All right, what, what what is that handle, Scott? At Jordan Jamming, J A M M I N G. And no underscore at the end because there's a version <laughs> out here with the underscore at the end. And no underscore. Uh, no. I, I feel trolled. Stay away from the underscore. Ah, found it. There we go. Thank you. I may have to follow this. <laughs> it's very funny. It's great. But anyhow, stuff we love podcast is on Instagram at stuff we love podcast and. Uh, we thank you for listening. Any other wrap-up thoughts before we close out tonight, guys? Uh, I just hope that everybody stays safe and stays positive. I mean, you know, yes. we'll, we'll get through this at some point. Um, you can't really, con- you know, like, just like I said earlier about the hurricane, you can't really control the hurricane. You can't really control this. So the best you can do is control how you react to it. Well said. Dean? Yeah, don't rush it back. Don't feel pressure to go, but don't feel like you have to stay away either. So do what's best for you. Do what's best for the people around you. And I think if everybody can uh, can do the right thing, follow the rules, uh, we will hopefully be back to some, maybe some semblance of a better normal down yeah. the road. I agree, guys. Uh, everybody stay well and stay healthy. And I've seen a little bit of a improved mindset out there. I mean, we're still in a very, very tough spot, but at least where I am up here, there seems to be some optimism. Maybe I'm misreading that, but just even, even in the news and in people's attitudes, I think now that we know the NHL is coming back and maybe NBA and maybe MLB, I think that improves people's mindsets and uh, better weather makes people happier too. So yeah, now that women's the professional soccer is doing a entire tournament in Utah. I'm looking forward to seeing that. It's going to be on CBS All Access. CBS All Access. Okay. Yeah. Speaking of streaming, because that's that's the streaming service, right? CBS All yes. Access. Yep. Any any of you guys get the HBO Max? Uh, I probably do with my AT and T. Yeah, I think I think you do. I, I I have it, 
It's they have really like good. All of the TCM movies. They have a lot of TCM movies. Yeah. I'm assuming it comes with my Comcast, but I have to check that. I uh, yeah, I read something that it does. Because we yes. we have HBO, so I'm assuming HBO Max will come yeah. along with that. You should Probably. have it. I just got Hulu. Yes. Now Finally. I now I have Disney Plus. I have ESPN Plus. I have Hulu. I don't have the package. You're overpaying. <laughs> I am. Because I had Disney Plus and ESPN Plus, and I finally called the Disney Plus hotline. Yeah. Told them I had both, and for yeah. I think it's like a dollar eighty-seven or dollar thirty-eight. It was under two dollars. I am now a Hulu subscriber too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll yeah. never actually use it, but I feel better having it. Yeah, I think I'm just going to cancel Hulu. I don't use it. I started a show on Hulu uh, last night. It's on FX, and it's on Hulu. Um, it's a vampire show. What we do in the shadows. I, don't know I heard about that. that. I heard about it. It's hilarious. I watched one episode. I was laughing out loud. It was great. So, yeah, they're, they're like they're like idiots, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's what it is. They're vampires, <laughs> not doing Idiot a very vampires. good job. Well, I, they may be doing a good job as vampires. I mean, I but it just they're having they're adapting to modern society is basically what it comes down to. But anyhow, guys, listen. Thanks again for joining us. Be well and be healthy. Let's go around the table one more time. I am Scott. I'm Paul. I'm Dean. And this has been the Stuff We Love podcast. Stay safe, everyone.